Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. And uh, God is doing some incredible things in our midst, and we rejoice over those things that the Lord is doing. And only um, is the Lord doing that, the Lord is also calling us to a deeper walk with Him so we can become uh, useful for the kingdom. And, uh, and I believe that at our various walk with God and our various personal relationship with God, I believe that God is helping each and every one of us to respond to this call, respond to this assignment that He's putting in our lives. Amen. Let's, let's get ready for the word. Tony, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach your word. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Who can, who can remind me what we talked about last Sunday? What was our emphasis last Sunday? You know, on Wednesday, I said something. It was funny. But it was the truth. And I said that you must have a dedicated note. Or for those of you who are technologically compliant, you must have a dedicated space where you write uh, the teachings and the word of God that we bring forth in the local house. You know, I said some people, uh, when they come to church on Wednesday, they just pick their Bibles and pick a pen. And on their way out, they will see a jotter. Busola words a day. And then that's what they will rush quickly to church with. And then <laughs> on Wednesday, uh, on their way, they will see Adieu Mama at 72. And then that's what they will bring. And then the, the next Wednesday, I was there, Titi Layo and and Jumbo. <laughs> and so when you when you ask them what's the last thing we taught, realize that uh, what they have in their hands that Sunday morning is silver jubilee. Mrs. Jumbo so <laughs> discovered that the first part of that message is in the Titilayos Jota. Uh, if you do that you will not you will not grow very fast. It's important that uh, we do not take the church just as a place to feel good. Uh, the church has in its component uh, the framework of a school. It's the ground and the pillar of truth. Amen. So it's important that you have one note. Uh, when I wasn't preaching so often, well, I've got all my messages. Okay, uh, I have a folder for all my messages. So my, all my messages are, well, since I started trying to do a bit of technology, although I still prefer writing, but 
uh, I can go to my shelf and I can show you all the jotters I used from 1996, 1999 when I started getting serious with God. 1999, 2000, 2001, up until I started preaching a lot more, I can show you. And if I can remember a year that the message is taught, I can go back to that jotter. And it's very important for your spiritual growth. So who can remind me our emphasis last Sunday? What did we talk about last Sunday? What, what was the emphasis last Sunday? I can't hear you. Desire. Thank you. Desire. And we said that desire must have actions to it. That if I desire something, right, there has to be action. What was our prime example last Sunday? What was, what's the, what's the guy we used as a main example last Sunday? Who? Yeah, the man, the gym man. You <laughs> remember the gym man? Okay. In the Bible, the biblical example. I used the gym. Zacchaeus. And who again? Okay, Zacchaeus was the key example. Alright? So Zacchaeus was the key example. That's good. Let, let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. Let's, let's build up from there. We're looking at disciplines for spiritual growth. And if you understand very clearly what I said last Sunday, I said that spiritual growth is a choice. And no one can make that choice for you. No one can grow for you. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, by this time, look at this, by this time you ought to be teachers. That means... Time was supposed to develop you. Are you following this? Now, if I say, by this time you ought to be, that means I'm expecting that as time is growing, you will also be growing with time. Be developing with time. If I say, for instance, by this time you ought to be in final year, but you're still in hundred level. It means that you spent four years and you did not develop. Am I right? For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. He says you, 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 you ought to be teaching now, but you need someone to teach you. Right? You ought to be a cell leader. You ought to be a pastor. You ought to be a lay pastor. You ought to be, if we're looking for someone to follow up another person, we, we ought to send you. He says, but you have need that someone will follow you up. You know, sometimes, the greatest frustration for ministers of the gospel and for pastors of local churches is right here, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For those who ought to be teachers now have need for someone to teach them. Imagine reminding a cell leader to have a daily prayer schedule. That's what Paul is saying. So we have to now teach you the benefits of prayer again. Praise God. Come on, I said, praise God. Look at this now. Paul was writing. Then he says, I said, it means they did not grow with time. It means they did not grow with time. Now, look, look at this carefully now. Longevity in Christianity is not equal to growth. 
that you have been born again uh, in 1900s and this is 2021 does not mean you are spiritually matured. You know, sometimes we want to bully people with our years of Christianity. Right? Do you know when I got born again? I got born again 72 years ago. Yes, if you got born again 72 years ago and you did not take conscious efforts to develop, it is 72 years of no growth. Praise the name of the Lord. So, Paul, Paul talks about the fact that these people ought to be teachers. So, on Sunday, we emphasize the law of desire. And we said the first thing for anyone who wants to grow up spiritually, he must have a desire to grow. And we talked about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. And he had to climb the tree. We saw how embarrassing it was. A short man climbing a tree. He would make a laughing stock. The kids would laugh at him. And we said, if a man wants to grow, sometimes you have to do some embarrassing things to grow. You have to have the position of a learner. So you can grow. Now, I said in my nose, 1 Peter 2.2, And like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that you may grow in respect to your salvation. Peter says, you have to grow in respect to your salvation. Now, just getting born again is not enough. The Bible says that God desires that all men will be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That means God wants you to develop in your knowledge of truth. Glory to God. God wants you to grow in your knowledge of truth. God doesn't want you to remain the same. How many of you would like to give birth to, ch- to, to a child or to give birth to children and the child is one year old and after ten years the child still behaving like a one year old? How many of you will be excited about that? Nobody. Am I right? Do you think God is excited about us not growing? Hey, come on. You know, sometimes people used to say, when I got born again, once I pray, God will answer. Once I pray, God will answer. Now, I don't know why God is not answering. You know, sometimes God wants you to grow. God wants you to develop. God wants you to get matured. God wants you to now know how to pray rightly. God wants you to know what prayer to pray. How to stand firm. Glory to God. How to stand firm in the things of the Spirit. Become skillful in the word of righteousness. Know how to use the word to get results. Praise the name of the Lord. You know something was happening around and I was... You know, I was just thinking about it and I was like, oh God, oh God. And I, and I had an encounter with the Lord in the night. And the Lord was rebuking me seriously. And, and what just came upon my spirit, the Lord says, you're rolling over for the devil to, to just walk over you. And I'm like, really? You know how you want to feel sorry for yourself and feel pity for yourself? And God will not come to you at that time and say, you know, I know what you're going through. That's what you do to... People who you expect to grow. You don't pamper them. Most of us want to be pampered. Are you following this? Come and I said, are you following this? Oh, why were you not in church today? Oh, pastor. Oh, pastor. Oh, pastor. I say, okay, don't worry. Try next Sunday. You, you won't grow that way. You won't grow that way. You know, you have to come to a certain level in your work with God. Where you're not reminded of the basics. You know why? Because constantly reminding you of the basics slows our progress. 
You, you have, you've got to see this thing that it's bigger. It's bigger than ourselves. It's bigger than you just getting your needs met. Imagine if you have an army and uh, you're going to battle and every time you have to train them how to shoot. Every time, every time. You're in the midst of battle. Say, do you know how to shoot your gun? Say, no, we forgot to. It's okay, this is how to shoot gun. You know, after a while, you know what the general will say? Just send these people home. Because lack of spiritual growth is actually collaborating with the enemy to weaken the church. I repeat that again. Your lack of spiritual growth is actually collaborating with the enemy to do what? To weaken the church. Can we say that loud and clear? Say, my lack of spiritual growth is collaborating with the enemy to weaken the church. That's it. Because we are as weak in that sense as our weakest link. Are you, are you following this? So you see that your spiritual growth is a responsibility so you can fit into the army of God. And be used of God where you are to bring His will and His purpose to pass. It's so that you can be usable for God. First uh, Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2, Paul says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. In fact, you are still not ready. <laughs> you know, I read that this morning and I was thinking. You know, sometimes we feel that, oh, if I was there in the days of Paul. It's not all this, then Pastor Maxwell were talking about Paul the Apostle. I know what I would have done with my life. Look at what Paul was writing to his church members. He says, I could not give you, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. He says, I gave you milk, not solid food. He says, for you were not yet ready. Huh? You were not yet ready for solid food. Look at what he says. He says, even in fact, you are still not ready. That means they haven't made progress. The same thing he wrote to the Hebrews. He's saying, I couldn't teach you a lot of things. He says, because you're not ready. He says, even now as I'm talking to you, you're still not ready. That means you're not developing for truth. You know, sometimes, and, and, and that's the restraint of every teacher. You know, sometimes I'm teaching here and I make certain statements and I, I just keep on. It's not because I can't teach those things. Because there are certain statements you would make automatically if it doesn't fit into what people understand, they'll just brand you a heretic teacher. Because people don't even take time to study the Word of God. Glory to God. Are, are, you, are you still here? Because people are not ready for solid food. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I've decided to, to take one of these couple of Sundays to teach John 14 what it actually means in my father's house are many mansions. You know. And uh, I, I asked the preacher one time, I said, a house and a mansion, which one is bigger? He said, a mansion. I said, okay, so how can a mansion be inside a house? And he had no answer. Because in our mind, when we read John 14, what we see is buildings... But he's not talking about buildings. Because a mansion cannot be in a house. So what does Jesus mean when he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you? You see that? These are greater understanding of the word of God, of the truth of God's word. But if you're still having to be reminded of pray every day, read your Bible every day, what use will he make teaching you those things? That's what Paul was trying to say. See, you're not ready. You're not ready for solid food. 
So let's put it this way Your lack of spiritual growth Hinders the, the ministry gifts From teaching further The things of the spirit If people are not growing You are hindered In the things you can share with them Even the Lord is hindered In the things he can reveal to you Jesus said to his disciples I want to teach you many things But you cannot bear it Many things I want to teach you. There are instructions the Lord cannot give to you if you're still a babe. He would leave you at that level. And so if you want the Lord to reveal things to you, to be functional in the kingdom of God, then you have to grow up spiritually. You know, a lot of people get commendations from the Lord. You know, oh, the Lord loves you regardless of what you do. The Lord, the Lord loves you. The Lord, you know, the Lord is merciful. The Lord is good. And that's good. But, but I tell you this, that's still at the baby stage of your walk with God. A time will come when you know that the Lord is fierce. A time will come when you know that the Lord will pick on you when you're not acting according to standard. Because if you need people on the front line of battle, their consecration becomes important. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You realize, for instance, if, if, uh, if this country wants to go to war, the, the first people they will pick are not those who uh, are not our brothers and sisters on the road that are looking for 100, 100 naira. You know, you know who I'm talking about, right? Your brothers. You know, those are not the first people to pick to battle because, I mean, all you need to do there is to throw a bag of money somewhere and they will all drop their guns and run after them. Who are the first people that the, the, the nation is going to take if we have battle? They are going to take those who have been living in the barracks. And people who are living in the barracks live prepared. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you don't have a soldier who prepares for battle in the day of battle. He will lose battle. And that's why soldiers are not allowed to entangle, with, entangle themselves with civilians. And the scripture says that, that no man who worried entangled himself with the affairs of this world. Because when the Lord will call you on an assignment, there is no notice to it. So you have to be prepared. I, I, I want you to understand that spiritual growth is not just for your own benefit. It's for the benefit of the kingdom, for your availability, so the Lord can use you on assignments. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Alright. So, so this morning we look at the law of habit. The law of habit or custom. The law of habit or custom. Let's go to Luke chapter 4 verse 16. Just, just some simple things to help your heart here. Because I want you to see you rise up as a spiritual giant before the Lord. And take all that belongs to you in Christ. Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. And here, talking about Jesus, if you read from verse 1, and uh, from verse 14, sorry. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread about all the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. Verse 16, look at this. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, where he has been raised. And as was his custom, everybody say his custom. Let's say this, his habit. That word custom in the Greek is ethios. It's also the same word habit. As his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. Can you see what was said about Jesus? 
He had a custom of going to the synagogue. Do you realize Jesus could have come and said, you know what? I'm the savior of the world. Why do I need to, to go to the synagogue? This, is, this was God manifested on the earth. In flesh. But the Bible says, as his custom was, or as his habit was, some translation says. So Jesus had a custom, listen to me, that was recognized. And I've always said this, you cannot be somebody who goes occasionally to church and you are allowed to read. I mean, in those days, it wasn't like today that everybody had a Bible. They had the Torah, and then people would go up and pick a passage of the Torah to read. And you, you dare not, if you, if you were irregular, if you were not consistent, nobody would give. It's like uh, if, you, if you were a lay reader in the Anglican church. How I many of you know how the, it works? For you to become a lay reader in the Anglican church, you are not somebody that they are following up. Says, where a lay reader today? Say, I did not come. Are you following what I'm saying? Before they will make you a lay reader in the Anglican church, hmm? you know that it's not, and then before you climb up to that place to go and read Bible. Right? You know that pulpit. You climb up there to go and read a passage on Sunday. You are a serious member of the church. That's the same thing with Jesus. So he, he wasn't like because he was Jesus, they just handed him the book of Isaiah to read. No. The Bible says it was his custom. He was brought up in that synagogue. He had a custom of going to the synagogue. He had a custom. So he's been reading scriptures. He's been part of those who read scriptures. I want you to see this. And I, I need you to really get to this message because it's the foundation of your growth in the Christian race. Listen to me, saints. If you don't have the discipline for spiritual growth, you will not grow. Growth is intentional. You must have a habit of growth. You must have a habit of growth. You know, a, a scripture that has been so strong in my mind is what I taught you when I talked about trust and consequences. People run their lives the way they want and they blame God when they don't have the results that are necessary. People want to generate faith in the day of battle. There's no faith. It says if you fail in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Remember that's where we started from. Say, if you fall apart on the day of crisis, message translation, say there was not much to you anyway. Hmm? Little strength. And people will not be conscious about developing their strength. You see, we are, we are not so conscious of the spiritual world. We are really carried away by the earthly world. People have developed their soul, their mind, read books. But they haven't taken time to develop their spirits. Your spirit will pick up things if it's developed. It will pick up things. It will, it will pick up an impression. Praise God. Come and I said, praise God. The word custom is the same word as habit. What is a habit? The dictionary defines a habit as this. A settled or regular tendency or practice. A settled or regular tendency or practice Especially one that is hard to give up. So, it's a habit when it has become hard to give up. It's not a habit when you do it once in a while. Right? For instance, if you say, this man is a habitual smoker. Habit smoker. Habitual smoker. It means it's somebody who smokes regularly. If you smoke once in a while, you can't be called a habitual smoker. Well, the, word, the other word we use for it is chain smoker. And you know what, what, you know when you say somebody is a chain smoker, for instance, you know what chain is. That means it's linked. Hmm? 
So habit is something that's hard to give up. That has become part of your life. That has become part of your life. Every time we talk about habits, we always talk about sometimes negative habits. But they are positive habits. They are positive habits. Something that you do, this is the second definition. Something that you do often and regularly. Note the word often and regularly. Sometimes without knowing that you are doing it. So habit becomes something that is almost subconscious. Okay? Habit becomes something that is subconscious. Habit becomes something that is what? Subconscious. You do it, it's almost like you have developed the habit of praying that you don't even, you, you, you're not conscious of it anymore, you just get up to pray. In, 19, in the 1950s, listen carefully to this, you know, uh, a bit of psychology here. Uh, psychologists talked about 21 days, that it takes 21 days to form a habit, about three weeks. Now, the 21 days to form a habit came from a man called Maxwell Maltz. Maxwell Maltz, M-A-L-T-Z. He was a plastic surgeon uh, in the 1950s. And he wrote a very popular book called Psycho-Cybernetics. Now, what happened was that um, Dr. Maxwell had, he was doing plastic surgery. And so he realized that sometimes when he did plastic surgery for people's nose, and they changed maybe the shape of their nose or something about their face. It took about 21 days for them to get used to the new look on their face. You know, all the psychology behind that is, is in his books called Psycho-Cybernetics. You know, so it took about 21 days for people to kind of get used to the new nose or the new look on their face. So he came out with that theory, first of all, that it takes about 21 days to get used to a new habit or to feel comfortable with a new habit and that's 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 been promulgated all over and people teach that that it takes 21 days but recent scientific research and psychological research actually established the fact that it takes 21 days to begin uh, for that habit to be installed really kind of into your 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 life but actually, if a new habit is going to be formed, it will take about 66 days. So let's say this now. Okay, this is a bit of psychology, but it helps. Let's say this now. I want to start a new habit, so I'm praying 10 minutes every day by 5 o'clock. At 21 days, at 21 days, it will be installed into my subconscious. So at the 22nd day, if I don't put out the alarm clock, I will wake up by 5 o'clock. Some of you who have set up times to wake up, you realize that maybe you wake up to pray, okay, at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock. If you do that consistently for about 21 days, at 6 o'clock you would wake up. Even if you don't feel like praying, you would wake up, right? Now, this is the point. That habit has been installed, but it has not become unconscious. It's just been installed. Are you... This is it. If at the 22nd and the 23rd to the 24th and the 25th day you stop, by the 26th to the 27th and the 28th day, you will not wake up at that time. So it has not become a habit. Because a habit has to move from consciousness to subconsciousness. Okay? So, but if you, if you, if you build that thing consistently for 
66 days to 70 days, it will now become almost subconscious. That if you want to stop it, you might have to now be deliberate about stopping it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So what it means again is that if you want to build anything to become subconscious in your in your life, you need to stretch it for a longer period of time, not just 21 days. So we're literally talking about six months. So the seventh month, it becomes unconscious and subconscious and it will naturally flow. Now this is where the challenge is. People are not disciplined to do something consistently for six months. If you think I'm lying, go and read your new year goals. We're not yet six months. We're just four months into the year. How many of you know that all the things you wrote we're going to do in January? Come on, be honest with yourself now. How many of you know that you're not doing everything? Okay, everybody's doing everything, right? But you know what I'm saying. We're not yet even six months. How many people got up in January and said, this, is, this year, ten minutes every day, I'm going to do press-up, or I'm going to do sit-up? Hmm? Is the sit-up one I like? Hmm? First of the year. Whew, one, two, three. <sighs> Tomorrow. One, two, three. <laughs> on Friday. Two. <laughs> on Sunday. One. Next Friday. Ah, the chat of I, I have this friend who, who sells slimming tea. Right? How much is this slimming tea? It's two thousand. Ah, it's better. <laughs> That's why most of you have bought things and bought things and bought many things. You know what you are looking for? Shortcut. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Shortcuts. Because discipline is hard. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Discipline is hard. Spiritual growth is tough. If you don't move beyond the excitement phase, you cannot grow spiritually. You know, we're talking about this topic now, and there will be interest to grow. For instance, when we thought about for this course, how many people felt the need to evangelize, to reach out to people with the message? When you talk for this cause, right? Ah, for this cause, Jesus came. Oh, God. Oh, many people need to hear. One month later, where is increase and prosperity? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, if you want things to be retained, listen carefully. You have to be deliberate about retaining those truths consistently. I want to plead with you. You cannot grow by chance. It has to be by choice. You have to make a choice. And listen, your choice must have no respect for your feelings. Once you put feelings above choice, you cannot grow. How many of us, we went to school for four years. We studied a course for four years. How many of you know that most of the times we went to lectures, we didn't feel like going to lectures? Huh? But you know that if you want to pass, if you want to become an engineer after four years, whether you feel like... How many of us studied subjects we didn't like in school? Hmm? 
Not your whole course, at least one or two courses. Eh? Ah, I loved social studies, but I didn't like history. Hmm? And why I didn't like history was the dates. You know, and stories has a way of, you know, most times my wife tell me don't tell stories because story has a way of mixing up in my head. I can tell you one story and enter another story and enter. I mean, if you know those kind of people that would give you a gist of three films in one. Until you now say, no, now, no, no. This one is this film. So you have to do the separation. They just pour out. And that story is just mixed up in my head. You know. But I had to discipline myself to sit in the class. Your feelings irrespective, success is tied to discipline. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if you are led by your feelings, you will never become successful. Now look at this. Without consistency, you cannot develop the habit needed for spiritual growth. So we've talked about the psychology of installing new habits. Without consistency, you cannot develop the habit needed for spiritual growth. Small changes in habits will bring dramatic results to your life. Okay? There was something I started practicing in school that really helped me to grow spiritually. It's called the tithe of your time. The tithe of your time. It was very simple. How many hours do we have in a day? 24 hours, just to be sure, because some people have 25. So how many hours do we have in a day? 24. So what would be the tithe, the 10% of 24? Two hours? Two hours, 40 minutes. Perfect. Two hours, 40 minutes. So I began to practice the principle. We're talking about small habits that make big Increase in your spiritual growth. I began to practice the habit of the tide of my time in school, in 100 level. What that means is that I gave God a tide of my time. So I used one hour for prayer, one hour for study of the word, and 40 minutes for confessing the word. I did that over a period of four years. It changed my life dramatically. So I considered my tithe, I considered my time given to me by God, and returning 10% to him for my spiritual development. So you can practice that. A tide of your time. One hour for prayers. One hour for the word. 40 minutes for declaring the word. So I have scriptures. I have declarations. I have faith proclamations. You know, almost every time in my life, there are specific faith proclamations that I make consistently. This is a proclamation I'm making throughout the next three months. You know, sprinted. I go with it everywhere I go. I, I speak this daily. You know, when I want to install the confessions of God's word into my life, I confess them three times a day, morning, evening, night before I go to bed. So I have my confessions typed out. I have a, I have a consistent confession that I'm confessing for the whole of 221. I, there's a consistent confession. I say it every time. I say it every time. I'm not confessing one thing today, confessing another thing tomorrow. No. In the realm of the spirit, specificity helps your results. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I'm not confessing. You know, there's a day you will feel good and you will confess well. Your confession will be loud and clear. And there's a day you will not feel good. Look, God, you know. <laughs> and God says, I know what. Because see, laws will not be bent to suit you. God is merciful. He is fair. But how many of you also know God is just? God is just. So, I began to practice the principle of the tide of my time. So, sometimes, while, whilst I was a student, I'll do 
word in the morning and do prayer in the evening and confession in the evening before. So you could do that. You could do that. It doesn't have to be one hour. What you need to do is to build consistency. Let me tell you something. You know, today we see people doing, I'm praying for 12 hours. I'm doing for 60 hours. I'm sorry. If you do things occasionally, you cannot grow. Occasional things should be extra things. They should be your consistent baseline. It's like, listen, it's like you want to go into the, the university. They will tell you have five credits. I don't care what five credits you have. They will tell you, listen, English and mathematics are basic. At least have a D. I don't know whether you accept D now. But have a D in mathematics or something. Alright, depending on what you studied. Okay, so let's take engineering. You cannot say you want to study engineering and then you now have D in, in physics and, and, and D in mathematics. And you, know, you go to the school and you say, you can't study engineering. You say, but I feel like I'm an engineer. No, it's not your feeling that admits you. It's your results. So somebody else might not feel like an engineer. If you like, in the village, we're constructing, um, 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 you know, I say that all the time on social media. If you like, construct a, a trailer with wood and tire. You understand? Use plantain leaf to construct a BMW. It won't gain you admission. Because what gives you admission is not your talent. It's what you are able to reproduce. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In life, we must learn to move beyond this, I don't know how to call it, this thing of just hoping that things will happen randomly. I will just grow. I will just increase. Things one day, one day, it will be my turn. What will be, will be. No, what will be, will be, is only failure that, that will be. If you really need to scale, if you really need to be intentional about your growth, you have to sit yourself down and say, look what, I don't feel like praying, but this is my prayer time, I'll get there to pray. And I'll show you from the life of Jesus. I'll show you from the life of Jesus. Jesus, let me tell you this, Jesus came to earth to show us how we should live. He didn't come to the earth for us to be impressed by him. Oh, that's Jesus. No, he's the firstborn among many brethren. Firstborn among many brethren. We are behind him. We join heirs with Christ. So we, he came to show us what real humanity is. How humanity should live in, 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 uh, in alignment with God. The way Adam should live. Was supposed to live, sorry. And he didn't. So, Brother Hagen said he began to pray the Ephesians 1.18 prayer daily. And he changed his ministry. Pray that the eyes of your understanding be aligned, that you may know the mystery of God's word, of God's will. Ephesians 1 18 to 20. He began to pray that daily and he changed his ministry. Consistency. Little results will change your life. Do you, think, do, you, do you realize that, for instance, if you separate one hour every Sunday just to read the scriptures, it will change your life? Most Bible passages can be finished, most Bible books, if you sit down, you can finish them in about two and a half hours. Now, when I mean sitting down, it's not with WhatsApp on. Hmm? There's a concept by Dr. Carl Newport called deep work. And what he was trying to say is that what we call multitasking actually reduces our concentration on work. Because once you're doing something, your brain is focused, and then you're doing something else, your brain is split. By the time your brain comes back to what you're doing, you've lost traction. Okay, so sometimes what we call multitasking is actually slowing down our work process. So he talks about the concept of deep work. 
What that means is this. If you're focusing on reading the word, put off your phone, put off everything, and sit down for one hour. Philippians is four chapters. It will not take a fast reader 30 minutes, 40 minutes. You'll finish it. And you know what you're doing? You're sowing into your spirit, man. How many times have we started, I will read the Bible in one year, and we didn't finish it? Hmm? And you know how you stop? You miss one day. Just miss one day. I will, I will cover up. I will cover up. Miss again. I will cover up. <laughs> miss again. Ah, I will cover. Sunday. Sunday. I'm not going anywhere. Sunday. Then on Sunday, when you look at where you are to cover up, so I will start again. May first. <laughs> you, are, you are lost. You are gone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why in sports technology, right? They'll tell you that even when you fail, start. Just don't try to... Not, no, just start from there. Because momentum is something that once is gained and you start losing it, it becomes difficult to regain. That's why you see that in premiership, for instance, if a team is winning football, winning, 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 and one team beats them, and then the next match they don't win, another team beats them, you now discover that it's the team going to relegation that will come and beat them the third time because they are losing momentum. There's something about a winning feeling. There's something about when you conquer your goals, there's a confidence it gives to you. You need to sustain that thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's something about you pray today, you feel like a giant. The next day you pray, whether you don't feel like a giant or not, pray, put in the work, put in the work, put in the work, and before you know, you'll be growing. Because the enemy will not want you to grow spiritually. Let's look at this. Look at Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. Are you, are you learning something from this message? Just making it very simple, okay? Very simple, but it will change your life. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. Thank you Lord Jesus. I want you to have a spiritual growth habit that is difficult to stop. And you know, you know I talked about that, right? That a habit is something that is what? Difficult to stop. That was what happened to Daniel. Daniel chapter 6. You know the story of Daniel. They made a law. The king made a law and said, nobody should pray to any god. Put it up. Daniel 6. He says, now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had window open towards Jerusalem. They were to pray towards Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God. Look, come on, look at this last phrase. As he had been doing previously. So listen to this. Daniel did not start fire prayers because a document was released. He just kept what he was doing. Can I tell you something? If you have a habit of consistency, it doesn't matter the troubles that come against you. You just stay consistent. You would win the battle. So you know what, Daniel? Do you know Daniel was a top government official? This guy was a top government official working for the king and he was a slave, but he had a habit of praying three times a day. You know, sometimes we laugh at our brothers. Hmm? Our brothers from the other faith. You know? Sometimes we laugh at them. Every time, prayer. Five times prayer. Five times prayer. Those guys are more consistent than us. Hmm? You know if they have a shop and it is five o'clock. In fact, we employed one in our former compound to do security work. When he was taking the job, he told us very straight. He says, on so-so-so-so day, I will go for prayer. 
We said, oh yes, not a problem. So, on that day, we were the one doing the security work for him. But you know a trend that is happening right now? Hmm? It's sad, but it's happening right now. We've even realized that believers are negotiated out of their day of worship. But our brothers from the other faiths, everybody have accepted. On so-so day, they will not come to work. It is accepted. But for us, it's a choice. Do you want to come or you don't want to come? And you know what? We're gradually losing the fact. We can't even negotiate with that. You even go to your employer now and say, I'm a Christian. I want to go to Bible study. Say, do you want the job or not? We don't have a voice in that. We can't negotiate our worship days. Because some of us even take extra pay to work that day. Say, I will get the message. Say, how much are they paying or something? Say, 70,000. You say two Sundays. Say one forty. So okay. Message is hundred naira. We've equated it because that's our value, and we think, yeah. I mean, but let's leave that because they will say now you're a full-time pastor. At least you don't have work. But look at Daniel. Three times a day. The question I want to ask is, how did Daniel find time to pray three times a day? Even when our brothers are doing the Ramadan fast, like they are doing. Hmm? You realize that if you used to watch football a lot, even those in the national team, if it's a World Cup period and it falls under this period, they will still fast and play their football. Those people are not trained to serve their God by feeling. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A Muslim does not serve Allah by feeling. It's by discipline. It's not whether you feel like going to the mosque or not. On Friday, your head must be on the ground. You, do you understand what I'm saying? If it's a time for Ramadan fast 40 days, they don't care whether you can fast or not. You do the fast. Because spiritual things don't have feelings. It's precise. It's exact. And those guys get up. They learn the Quran. Discipline. The Jews, by the age of 12... They would have made their children to recite and to learn the Torah. Practicing Jews on the Sabbath. I think I, I was speaking with Gabriel sometime. I was talking about that. He had a Jewish classmate in his MBA class. And he said, on the Sabbath, the guy will be in class and will not write. Because on the Sabbath, you're not supposed to lift anything. There, were, there is a Jewish shop we used to buy things from on the sabbath is an online shop it is closed you will just see it there today is the sabbath no order they don't order they want it's online it's not anybody but they don't it's closed you see sometimes I said sometimes when people look at us as Christians they it almost looks like we are not serious because what we have done is we have taken the grace of God to the extreme and become lascivious because every time we talk about discipline, then somebody will shout, works, legalism. Christ has given me liberty. It's not what I do. It's not what you do, but Jesus was sleeping out before daybreak to pray. What was Jesus praying for? Was he believing God for a life partner? Or he had a mother who was sick? Because spiritual growth is not need-based. It's not because you have a need. It is, it, is, it is compulsory. It's a core cause. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I need us to bring this regimentation into our spiritual work. Look at this about Daniel. The scripture says, he knelt down to pray as he was doing previously. Look at this. Amplify says, as he had been doing previously. Three times a day. Three times a day. In fact, people observed it to the point where they said, you know what? If we catch him in prayer, that's where we'll catch him. Because this is what he does daily. And they set a lot to catch him in prayer. What can people catch you with? Can they catch you with church service? Scripture says, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. They know they can't catch you. Can they catch you on prayer? Can they catch you in giving? Look at this. In the midst of slavery, he maintained his habit. This was crucial to God being able to use him to accomplish purpose. I want to, I want to talk about this, right? Because most of us, sometimes we have habits when we're in our house. Where we travel, those habits are broken. When we go to other people's place, those habits are broken. Hmm? If it's a habit, whether you travel or you're at home, it will be there. It's not a habit yet. I was privileged to travel with Reverend Tokes uh, to the U.S. We're going for a winner Bible seminar. <laughs> I mean, Reverend Tokes, <laughs> yeesh. You know, when Reverend Tokes is preaching, if you've ever heard him preach, the way he quotes scriptures, that thing is not just by the Spirit of God. You know, ah, I, I tapped into that grace. It's discipline. He, <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were in Istanbul. We, we, we used to talk so we were in Istanbul. And so the other people were somewhere. So I, I just went close to him. And he brought out his Bible. So he told me that, that he needs to read his scriptures. His scriptures for the day. Ah. You know, when he said that, even me, I was ashamed because my Bible was inside my check-in luggage. So my Bible was under the plane. <laughs> I, I really, really would not use uh, this. He brought out his Bible and he read there in on transit. Why when on the plane, when it was his prayer time, he just prayed his head. And you could see that he was just praying in tongues. He did his prayer time. Then I remember the scripture as he previously had done. There are times I've had to pray on the airplane. Not because there was turbulence. But just to, to catch some prayer time. Some of us, if we travel, spiritual habit is lost. For one week. Say, do you carry your Bible? Say, no. Will you pray? Say, no time. You don't plan your prayer based on availability of time. You plan everything around your prayer. If you know that prayer is a difference between life and death, you will not treat it lightly. When I mean life and death, I mean instructions will come out from the prayer place. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, sometimes people say, hey, pastor, how do you know these things? How do you know what to do? It's not, it's because we, we prayed up. The Spirit of God can speak to us. Certain times I'll just have an impression in my spirit. Contact this person, check this person, call this person. You know why I can get those direct instructions? Because there is a framework by which God can communicate. If there's anything I beg you to take away from these two series, is that I want to see your spiritual growth more deliberate. Don't just take these messages and, yeah, it's okay. No. Get up at a particular time, every day of your life, and say your prayers. I don't care how you feel. Build it into your, your, your subconscious. Because there are things God wants to do, we can't hold back the hand of God. Look at this. Daniel planned his work around his prayer time. 
Daniel planned his work around his prayer time. So your prayer time must come first and then your work will come after. What does not get scheduled does not get done. If you don't schedule your prayer time, if you don't schedule your study time, it will not get done. Don't just assume, I, I will pray today. No, schedule a time. When are you going to pray? Are you hearing what I'm saying? At lunch, you can pray for 30 minutes. And you know something about life. When people know that's your prayer time, they will start respecting it. You know what's going to happen? When somebody close to them wants to call you at 12.30, say, ah, what time is it? 12.30? That guy is going to pray. Call him after one. Once you set your standards, everything around will revolve around it. What will it take you to give God 30 minutes every day of your life? What will it take you to give God 30 minutes every day of your life? Regardless of how you feel, get in the Word. Get in the Word. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Look at this. Scheduling your spiritual growth is not legalism. It is discipline. Without consistent discipline, nothing grows. Write that down. Without consistent discipline, nothing grows. They asked the famous writer, how come you're able to write this much and write this well? He said, all I decided to do was to write 500 words every day. How many of you think 500 words is not much, right? Huh? 500 words is not much. Who is, who is a sharp mathematics student here? 500 times... Uh, let's even do... Let's say, okay, he misses some days. So 365 days. Let's say he misses about 65 days. Let's even say he misses about 165 days. So 500 times 300 will give us how many words? Maybe 150,000 words, right? Yeah, about and then when you see 150,000 words you're like wow this guy is a genius God give people brain (laughs) because we celebrate what people get by consistency are you hearing what I'm saying what people have been doing consistently have become a master of we celebrate them We we are impressed by other people's consistency we are mesmerized I like a word we used to use in school. Flabbergasted. What does that mean, Seth? We are flabbergasted by other people's consistency. You know, in school, we like to use big words. I really know the meaning. Say, man, that guy can speak. Hmm? I, we had a guy in school who could use a lot of English words. His own was correct usage. He had a discipline. He read the dictionary, read one word every day. He learned one new word every day. How many of you had that habit in school? Hmm? Or how many of you, you were introduced to that habit about learning new words? When you were reading um, a novel, they would say, write out the new words you don't understand. Hmm? And you know how your English, you, you realize right now that your English vocabulary is still on the bandwidth of that discipline. Because since then to now, you haven't learned any new word except social media word. It shocked me. So you realize that your vocabulary is social media inclined. Because you're not learning new words. You're picking words off the streets. So you realize that consciously and unconsciously, you actually pick your words and your phrases off the streets. So before you know, you pick up gutter languages. It becomes part of you. 
And so all you need for a word to trend is just for somebody to do it. We move. Hmm? And there's, also, there's always going to be new street languages coming up. So what you realize over the years is that your vocabulary is full of street languages, but not proper English. Hmm? You'll be amazed. One day you'll be writing official letter. You don't write letter. We move. This letter, it shock you. You'll be, it will become subconscious because even some of you now don't even know when you say it. It's become subconscious because you've said it over a period of 60 something days. So unconsciously, we move. That's what habit is. So right now, you have a habit of picking new languages because subconsciously, you say that and you type it consistently that once you have something, that's your response. That's what a habit is. Not even Bible languages. Because you're not picking your language from here. You're picking it off the streets. You're picking up, I mean, the streets today would be the social media page. I am very deliberate. Very deliberate. When the new word trends, not to use it. I mean, I've used it once in a while just to... So, I can know what is trendy, but I'm deliberate not to use it. Deliberate not to use it. Because you'll be preaching one day, and just before you know it comes out. Why? Because life has laws. You think, I oh, know it's nothing. You'll be surprised. You'll just stand before your boss one day and say something. Say, ah, boss, he shocked me. <laughs> your chair might say, what are you saying? It's unconscious. And that's why you see that people have to be trained in diplomacy when they are giving top positions. If you see, listen, I, I said this, I'm not a politician, but I said this. If you see one of the biggest issues that the American people had with Donald Trump, it was his use of words. That was the biggest issue. That mm -mm, This guy does not talk like a president. No, 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 no. Because, listen, when you become the president of America, you can't say your mind the way you feel like it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are kings and priests to our most high God. We can't say our mind. We have the book of the law. We say the word. This is the we, you see. This is what we say. He says, "I have read." So you might boldly say what he says is what you boldly say. It's called homologio, confessing the same thing. This is a legal document. This is the words that wins in the court of heaven, not your feelings. So in the midst of battle, he says, "Let the weak say, I am strong." Don't say you're weak. Say you're strong. That's how I can help you. Oh no, but I'm weak. I can't help you. Because this thing is legal. You're giving the enemy inroads into your life. Because the devil likes you in the feeling zone. God wants you on the faith zone. So he can release victory for you. Don't collaborate with the devil to destroy your life. Put angels to work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, let me not teach on faith. It's a discipline. Okay, so I just said that. Alright. Mark chapter 135. Mark 135. Are you learning something this morning? You don't have to do six hours every day. 30 minutes consistently. 15 minutes every day. It will build up. Are you hearing this? Um, Mark 135. Let's do this quickly. Mark 135. The scripture says, <laughs> And early in the morning, while it was still dark, let's, let's try to put this... While it was still dark, would be about what time? Maybe, maybe four to five. 
Because, yeah? Yeah, maybe like 4, let's say 3.30 to about 5. Because by 5.30, depending on whatever weather. So, look at what Jesus did. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a secluded place and was praying there. This was Jesus, creator of the heaven and earth. What was he praying for? Imagine Jesus getting up at 3.30 to go pray. And why did Jesus leave? Because in the house, there were a lot of people. So he needed time to pray. Look at the habit of Jesus. When you read this, you would not know that it was a habit until you read another rendering of it. Let's go to Luke 5.16. Thank you, Lord. You know, I saw this and I'm like, dear Jesus, help us. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. But Jesus, look at this, would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Do you remember when we talked about habits? I defined habit from the English dictionary. One of the words he used was what? Often. Something you do often. Look at, so, so when Jesus withdrew himself to pray, it was a habit. He would often. Can, can we get maybe the message translation? I didn't read that, but we can check. Often withdrew himself. To the wilderness to pray. Look at the habit. As often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out of the way places for what? For prayers. He did it often. So Jesus had a prayer schedule. Jesus had a prayer schedule. He would slip away from people to pray. Do you slip away from people to pray? Do you slip away from your phone to pray? Do you sleep away from television to pray? Or you pray and you are chatting. You are searching for GIF and you are still praying. Laughing out loud. Ah, you will not kill me. And you want to grow. You want God to be talking to you. While you are praying and engaging other people. Why don't we like solitary confinement? Seclusion for spiritual contemplation. Hmm? You know, sometimes the, the lockdown, the global rest that God gave to many of us was wasted. Because, hmm? ha! How does somebody do now? Ha! Lockdown! Lockdown! You have serious film, bam! TV, eating. You had a whole year to yourself. Courses were not finished. Books were not read. Hmm? No new skill gained. All we gained was weight and movies finished. The year is gone. Why during that time people were developing, re- releasing materials, producing products? The world will not wait for you. And this world is not merciful. Hmm? People gained height in the spirit. They've released all of us now. We're here. The time will come. We just remember one year like that we had lockdown. It's gone. If you don't grow, it's your fault. Okay? It's not anybody's fault. So Jesus frequently withdrew to the wilderness. Do not leave your spiritual life at the mercy of when you have time available. Prioritize your spiritual growth. Nobody has time available. Laura Cooper said many, many years ago, he told God, he said, God, I don't have time. How will I do this? And he read a prophecy by Kenneth Hagin about committing time to God and God will use you as a world changer. And she decided to be waking up early to study the word. 
Today, Gloria Copeland is a mighty woman of faith. One hour every day will do your spiritual growth a whole lot. Let's, let's wrap this up. Your spiritual growth, okay, let me write. Uh, the devil has no mercy. If he has the chance, he will devour you. Your stance against him is your growth. The devil is not merciful, he's wicked. If he has a chance, he'll take you out. Your spiritual growth makes you dangerous to the devil and available for the kingdom of God to be used. So it makes you dangerous to the devil and makes you what? Available for the kingdom of God. We always use time management for our work and career. Why don't we use this for spiritual growth? Hmm? You always use time management for your work. You know, you want to be proficient on your work. What about your spiritual growth? So four things I need you to schedule going forward. Number one, schedule your Bible study. Decide. I'll study my Bible. Prioritize the study of the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on church, are you hearing what I'm saying? Prioritize the study of the word. Read the word. This is God's instructions to you. Fall in love with his word. Number two, schedule your prayer time. Schedule your prayer time. Make it a schedule. Schedule your time with God. Schedule a place to meet with God if you can. It could be kneeling by your bedside. Schedule a time. Schedule a place. Number three, schedule listening to messages. Going over your church notes, Acts 17, 11. After Paul had taught the Berean believers, they went over their notes. Schedule when you would go through your church notes. This habit is, is slipping away from me and I, I began to get it back again. Prioritize listening to messages. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you know, sometimes we say, oh, while I'm washing the plate, I'm listening to a message. It is good. But I'm talking about prioritize being diligent so that what you are listening to from that message, you can get an impartation. Make it a schedule. We have loads of messages in this ministry. Number three, number four, sorry, prioritize reading books for spiritual growth. Don't just read only career books. Read materials that will grow you. But I put them in the order of importance. I put them in the order of importance and follow that order. It's not prayer before the word. It is word before prayer so that you will know what to pray. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't just be a prayer machine. I'm going to teach you. I think on Sunday I'm teaching on praying rights because you can pray wrongly. So it's the word that guides your prayer life. So many people like to pray without studying the word. It's spiritual laziness. That's why people pray prayers that are not, that are not in the scriptures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, the first priority is to feed on the word because it is from this word you would get what to pray. You would know what to pray. You would know what to say in the place of prayer. I want to challenge you this morning. Take cognizance of your spiritual life. Go back today. Schedule a time to meet with God. To hear from Him. To read His word. To confess His word over your life. Even if it is one hour every day, don't miss it. Be disciplined about it. It will change your life. Praise God. Praise God. 
You know the song, I have a wonderful treasure. It's God's word without measure. Do you know it? You know it? Oh, you don't know it. You didn't do Sunday school. You didn't attend children's Sunday school. You got born again at old age. Who knows the song? Sing it now. Sing it with confidence. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so we're all going to learn it. Those of you who got born again when you are 80 years, you'd learn it. I want us to sing it. It's a Sunday school song, but it's very good. Let's go. I have a wonderful treasure. I have a wonderful treasure. The gift of God. It's the gift of God. God We will travel together. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we all sing it? It's supposed to be everybody singing it. It's not a special song. So this is it. Say it. Say the words. Okay, can we all say it together? I have a wonderful the gift of God. We will travel. Let's do it one more time. I the gift of God. We will travel. Is it simple? Okay, so we sing it now, right? Don't sing it like a poem. Just sing it. Just follow them to sing it. Okay, let's go. Everybody, everybody, let's sing it. Let's sing it louder from the congregation. Don't worry, you can't go wrong. One more time, but a bit louder. Come on. Treasure. For the last time, for the last time. Come on, everybody go. recommend to you like Paul said in Acts when he was about to go I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you and give you an inheritance among all that are sacrificed friends, God's word will change your life it will. I can't promise that I'll change your life I can't promise that I'll help you but if you make these your treasure if you fall in love with this book it will take you places you never imagined. It will heal diseases that are called incurable. It will prosper. It will bless you. It will guide you. It will lead you in this earth. I want you to fall in love with His Word again. Read the Word. Read the Word. It will change your life. This is not about the church you go to. It's not about how well your pastor teaches the Word. This is about fellowshipping with your Father and your Creator. 
the Holy Spirit is within you, He will teach you His Word. And when you go back today, don't play with the Word. Don't play with the Word. The Lord told the children of Israel, say, when you sit down, teach this thing to your children. Bind it on your forehead. Bind it on your arms. Moses says, these words are your very life. These are your very life. I want you to see God's Word from a new perspective. And I pray that God's Word will strengthen our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Are you blessed this morning? We'll receive the offering. While you're still singing that, we'll receive the offering. Let's, let's receive our offering. Lord, we call every offering blessed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pack our offerings. I just want that song to be, she will be singing the song. I want it to, to, to be deep in our hearts. The ushers will wait on you and receive your offering. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.